0: G'day, listeners, and welcome back to the Keeper League. After a, uh, another big round of football, round two has just completed, and there's, uh, I guess, lots of lots of injuries this week, but also some uh, some scores that we need to talk about. But
1: uh, Kays, how you been, mate? Not too bad, mate. Um, just uh, calming down after a bit of controversy in our home league, which we might <laughs> touch on a bit later, but. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, it has been a big week in footy, and I was just saying to you uh, before we started, like, who would have thought two weeks in that Travis Boak is the highest averaging AFL fantasy player? Nah, that's crazy. Um, I would definitely didn't expect it. I thought he'd
0: go a lot better this year. I thought he'd be, uh, I guess, a prime candidate as like a decent forward this year, and definitely mm-hmm. probably in the top five forwards of the uh, of the year, but not be the highest scoring player in the league. That's uh, that's crazy.
1: I know it's still got a few weeks to go. Obviously, there's plenty of weeks left in the season, but you know, like Tom Rockcliffe's bounce back. Brad Hill at 6th at the moment is just crazy. It's yeah. It's just a, a lot of stuff going on. So, just hold firm if you've, you know, taken someone early. Don't get too worried just yet. Give him a few more weeks. Brad Hill is actually someone we uh, projected to go big in our captain options last week. So, good pick up by us. Hef, the <laughs> prophecy is coming true. If you're not a Patreon mate, you're missing out at the moment. Exactly oh man, as we'll get into some of the ramblings from round two, as you said at the start, uh, there's plenty of injuries to come out of this weekend, unfortunately, and uh, two blokes from your team, Carl Amon and Jack Watts, uh, pretty bad injuries.
0: Yeah, well, I guess Amon is not as much of a, uh, I guess, a loss as, say, someone like Jack Watts was, even though he's only had one good round before that, but he's starting to come into form, and I feel sorry for the for both of them, really, both uh, finally starting to play some good football on the side and uh, now see themselves on the sideline for extended appearance. Um, I think... Well, I'm hoping what happens is uh, Wines and uh, Hartlett just come straight back in for the two of them. I think Wines is pretty much coming back in this week. I'm not sure about Hartlett. He did play resis on the weekend, Mm -hmm. but he really didn't set the world on fire. So there was talk of him. He might need uh, another week just to kind of capture a bit of form. So I'm not really sure who might be the next in line for for Port. We will talk about some of the... uh, Two's News a bit later on and uh, because Port Adelaide and the Crows are the only state league teams that played on the weekend, yep. uh, there's a few candidates to come in and well, we might save that for the Two's News, I reckon, Kaz.
1: Yeah, let's save that up. Um, Charlie Spargo broke his uh, cheekbone or something in the VFL. So yeah. he's one that we kind of flagged as uh, potentially being a, a potential bracket option this year. So yep. uh, owners there will probably be bit disappointed that Charlie's not going to be playing for a while. Yep. Uh, we Will Hoskin Elliott's out for another five to six weeks on top of the injury he already had. So, yeah. um, as you were saying before, it probably helps out someone like Chris Mayne. Yeah, he's um, kind of taken that wing spot and, uh, yeah. Potentially he, still opens a door for Braden Sire to come back in yeah, if he I feels bet. like playing footy. That sucks he's not playing at the moment. He's one of our big pickups from the preseason, but oh well. Can't get him all right. No, you can't. Um, obviously, Jack Rewalt, another, another one that's out. Is it Noah Bolter that comes straight back in who yeah. was kind of a shock admission from the week before,
0: yeah, I think he does to come in and play that role. Unless they roll, go back to the small forward line. So I am not even sure the two tools is uh, actually helping at, the, at this point in time. But I guess we we'll have to wait and see.
1: Another big news is big Sammy Jacobs. Big sources out this week and potentially ongoing. So um, it looks like the big Rob will come in. Uh, yep. You'd think he had a good game in the twos on the weekend. We can chat on that. And yep. then uh, finally, some good news. One of the premium movers of the AFL competition that comes back in, in Josh Kelly. Yeah, that's a,
0: that's a big in for uh, the Kelly owners out there. They'll be waiting for him to uh, play again. But uh, we have to wonder how it's going to affect the scoring of the other GWS midfielders. So we've seen Canelio go big in round one. We see uh, Taranto go one. Hopper's kind of just hovering around the 80 marks. So I'm not sure it's mm-hmm. going to affect him too
1: much. But some of those bigger numbers, it might actually uh, affect. Also, it probably doesn't help the chances of a uh, Jai Caldwell or Jackson Hatley come in at the moment, yeah. especially when you know some of the B-graders like Adam Tomlinson squad yeah, quite well too, reaping so. the benefits. Yeah, so um, good to have him back. But yeah, we we'll just have to wait and see how that affects their their midfield setup. All right, that's enough about
0: the uh, breaking news for this week, and let's move on to the round rewind. Okay, in this segment, we uh, look back over the games on the weekend, so from round two, and we are going to touch on a few players that, uh, yeah, we thought stood out, that were kind of keeper league relevant. They're not the superstars, not the obvious guys, but uh, yeah, just a few blokes that you might be keeping your eye on or looking at picking up or something like that, uh, yeah, for your keeper league. So, I guess we'll start with Richmond and uh, Collingwood, and uh, in that game, I guess, Chris maine racked up 33 touches and had a goal, 131 points. Um, he's available in a lot of leagues, so yeah. if you play play waivers uh, have them on he might be a sneaky pickup but I guess generally those those leagues that do play waivers you kind of have a limited number and
1: uh, I don't like the longevity of Chris Mayne but I'm really liking his uh, recent form you can't really knock him though no you can't and and, you know if someone like Will Hoskin Elliott remains out that's one guy that would be Buying for his spot, and you know he's playing well. It's hard to, you know, when you're winning and yeah, and you're in good form. It's hard to knock people out of teams.
0: Yeah, and the, I think that another interesting stat was if you take out his one injury affected game at the end of last season, in his last seven games, he's averaging around the hundred mark.
1: So he's actually scoring pretty bloody well. It's good going for someone who's about to be delisted. You know, one yeah. year into a four year deal or something. like Or that. yeah,
0: and everyone was complaining about the worst contract in the world. It's still probably not the best, but he's actually given something back. Yeah, I've seen a lot worse. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, Jordan Ruffhead had a lot of marks across half back had. Uh, 15 kicks for 106 He's uh, a handy ruck pickup if you need one And uh, yeah, I don't know I don't know whether he's going to get that kind of ball every week But uh, he can go big and take those intercept marks And I really like the role he was playing mm-hmm. uh, James Aish had uh, 95 To get his average up to 90 for the season well, I know it's only two rounds But he plays a really fantasy friendly role He doesn't really have to lock down anyone He kind of runs up and down that wing a bit And uh, yeah, he likes getting a bit of the pill um, Jaden Stevenson was good again 89 points So you can't complain With that one If you've got him uh, Brandon Maynard uh, Racked up uh, A few across halfback As well He had a solid 81 And I guess for the Tigers Again Not a lot to uh, write home about and The yeah, highest score was 80 Nah They're not a fantasy scoring team They haven't really For the last Two seasons at least so. That is Abominable Yeah I know It sucks But uh, Jaden Short Had a uh, 75 So um he should see more productive scoring with out as well. So, if he stays out, that is, he should uh, go okay.
1: Mm. Rightio, Sydney and Adelaide. Well, we'll start off with the Swans and, well, Ryan Clark, my boy. Uh-huh. Good night, my sweet prince. After yeah. 33 points and a pretty average first game, I think you're off the kneeful for a run. It just was played in the worst spot. I don't even know where he was. He was just like floating around a forward pocket yeah. and he looked horrible Obviously, not the role that he would have gone there for, or would have expected me playing. I just don't know what the the bloody the horse and the Sydney guys are doing. No, nah, you can never trust horses. He loves ruining players. He just looked like a lost sheep and just gave nothing. So I think uh, Ryan Clark will hopefully gets dropped because it makes me not have to play him this week. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, a bit worried about him. And really, everyone in Sydney was quite trash on the weekend. Uh, Obviously, Jake Lloyd's a genuine superstar. He's only- too good for this podcast, mate. Yeah, he's the only <laughs> only one that should be playing. Like, and the worst thing is, like Tom Patley actually looked good to the eye when I was watching the game. Yeah, I watched I the agree. whole game, and he came out and only had seventeen touches yep. with the at the sixty six. Like he was everywhere, but just obviously just handled or didn't seem to score. It was just very weird. But he was looking good. He was in the midfield, so maybe monitor Patley. But yep. Yeah, Sydney are a bit trash. Uh, My boy, Wayne Malera, still looking the goods with 89. Uh, So, he's definitely uh, coming to those top 10 back contention, which I believe in heavily. The seed looked good. His first game back for a 76 in a a big barrel from outside 70. And Tex actually looked really good. Now, the good thing about Tex was he scored 84 and he only kicked one goal three. So, you feel if he's kind of pushing those scores and actually starts kicking a few bobbies, um, he could really kind of start pushing that scoring up. does worry
0: me a little bit because that's kind of like that's a big game for Tex and it's still only 84 I know it's the keeper league and we're talking about uh, scrappy uh, bottom of the barrel players mm. but uh, I don't think he's
1: going to get you that sort of score every week and he can go low so he can go low but if he's only kicking one goal three and getting four, oh, yeah, yeah. I feel that that's like you know almost up to his ceiling kind of thing and, and yep. it's not he had a horrible year last year, but a couple of years ago, he was definitely a uh, F4, F5, potentially F3 for a few teams. Yeah. Because he can be that, you know, easy mid-80 forward, and that's that's gold in some deep leagues. Yeah. All right. Uh, any
0: any more Crows players you want to talk about, Kays? I don't think so. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, a decent football club, and that's Port Adelaide. <laughs> and uh, they played Carlton on the weekend. It took them, bloody so. three and a half <laughs> quarters to, you know, put away the worst team in history. <laughs> yeah. All rich was the same last week, but they haven't been much chop anyway. Um, yes. Yeah, so Scott Lysett, uh, he showed why he's getting paid the big bucks. Uh, he dominated in the ruck for 114 points. Uh, I'm not even sure it was McKay for the, uh, Carlton in the ruck. Is that right? Or. Uh- Phillips, Phillips, that's right. Sorry, um, that's yeah, so he played against him. So not much, uh, not much chop um, <laughs> to quote your team name uh, in the Ruckman. So we can't really, um, we can't really talk uh, too much about his uh, efforts against them. But uh, yeah, to see 114 points scored for him, uh, it's gonna, it was a decent uh, turnout, I think. Mm-hmm. DBJ also had a good ton on the weekend. Yeah, he was, uh, he was quite good. Uh, he had uh, 108, had 17 kicks, and uh, he plays that halfback role that's quite fantasy friendly. What I worry about DBJ, and I guess it kind of uh, helps with, I guess, what's coming out, is his disposal efficiency could see him out of the team at some stage, mm-hmm. um, especially if he's not playing that midfield role like he was. But, uh, you know, if he keeps kind of running loose up and down half-back flank, he's going to be doing all right. Uh, Stevie Motluck popped up, popped up with uh, three goals uh, to turn him up from his uh, 22 possessions. Won't uh, kick, three every week, though, so we can't really expect tons from week in, week out. But mm-hmm. again, just like Tex, pretty handy to have uh, lower down in your forward line. Um, Xavier Dersma continued to... Uh, Continued Like good form And uh, raised the bat For the first time His first time That's a pretty good effort In your second game of footy Yeah especially when he had 70 odd in the first game as well But I love the way he plays From a fantasy aspect And uh, you know Wearing that jumper as well Kind of makes him Extra special to me Uh, (laughs) Sam Power Pepper And Willem Drew Had 97 And 96 uh, Respectively Now this is really interesting Because I reckon One of those guys Is really going to dip When uh, Wines Comes back into the side So Be interesting to see Who it is I think SPP's probably got the runs on the board But uh, you know SP, SPP is prone to going low Every second mm-hmm. week as well Whereas Willem Drew He's had two really consistent scores coming in But we don't really have much history To see how he'd go with someone like Wines in the side Yeah he's
1: been very impressive And if you go on what we've talked about Over the preseason, SPP as you said Doesn't potentially have the ceiling That uh, Willem Drew might actually have So I'm very interested to see how Drew goes Over the next month or so When Wines comes back And hopefully he can be still knocking up big scores Because I, I got time for that boy
0: yeah, alright And for the uh, for the Blues So Paddy Dow had uh, 23 disposals for an 85 That was pretty solid Um And then, yeah, not a lot of current players actually did go that big. I think Cripps was the only one who was up there. Uh, But Sam Walsh just did his Sam Walsh thing and got 85, and I reckon that's what he'll average this year and that's what he'll do each week. So I think he's just going to be a super consistent player. Uh, Yeah, Andrew Phillips, that's right, played in the ruck, um, had really good hit-out numbers rucking solo. um, 84 points, uh, one to consider, especially if you own Cruiser who doesn't play much football anymore. And, uh, yeah, Sam Petreski-Seaton had 81. Uh, I love this kid. Um, He looks super composed and he's really consistent. We've talked about his... uh, High floor a number of times And he kind of just loves Going around the 80 You know mid mid 70s yeah. Low 80s marks today. Super consistent
1: Around that mark Yeah, uh, Essendon St Kilda Let's just skip this game <laughs> <laughs> Yeah well, let's not talk about This case um. uh, But seriously It's been a low scoring round Only two tons in this game uh, In total And I think uh, Looking at the St Kilda players Jack Nunes could actually Be one of the Bargain buyers of 2019 He went pretty He was still available In our pool uh, In our home league Went very low in a lot of uh, legs had 94 on the weekend and yep. almost looks to be back to those fantasy-friendly ways. So, yeah. Um, he's, he's yeah, he's just racking them up quite easily and it's very nice to watch as a Jack Nunes owner. Ryan Marshall is absolutely massive because he's basically the Saints' number one Ruckman now, um, P.S. And um, Longer, just not interested at all. But well, he, Longer actually
0: makes his return from injury this week in the VFL. So, we have to watch that one closely. But, but uh, Yeah,
1: that will be good. But Ryan Marshall is just really fantasy-friendly. He just yeah. gets around the ground, just, uh, you know, Racks up touches, he does it all. Uh, Blake Akers is one who um, obviously a lot of people have high on their Their radar. I wouldn't get too concerned with his 42. He basically had had a fully injury riddled preseason and they rushed him back a lot quicker than I thought he was going to come back in. So let's give him a few games to, games to warm up. If he could jets drop back to the twos for a game or two, I wouldn't be too worried because he's going to come back uh, bigger and stronger in a month or so time, I think. From the Dons, just an absolute disgusting dame. Um, Adam Saad backed up his 76 from the week before with an 83. And I'm kind of interested to see if he can maintain that over the, the kind of next few weeks because he's actually, you know, not scoring too badly. He's jumped up his average by probably about 15 or 20 from the last few years and... Is it the new role with the kickouts? I'm not sure. We'll have to keep watching it. But it's yeah. actually sickening that he's our fifth highest scor- <laughs> highest scoring average fantasy defender, Adam Saad.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. We well, are I, I, atrocious. I did actually
1: say that the uh,
0: the kickouts might have an impact on this guy because I really like the way he plays. He breaks lines. He kind of runs like just doesn't get heaps of the pill. Yeah. And I thought the uh, the kickouts might be the thing that gets him over the line. But well, we'll have to monitor. And,
1: You know, if, it, if you score an 83 each week, that's a, that's yeah, a great D4, yeah. D5. Yeah. Um, Aaron Francis is okay with 69. The package of the 74 is all right too. And Parrish just showed his VFLT's with a sixty-five.
0: Well, I think I'm gonna to have to go back and find the sound grab of uh, you saying Essendon are gonna win the flag. I think when we did the Essendon review, so uh, we'll have to play that one again next week. Don't win
1: <laughs> flags in April, half.
0: Oh, no, I'm not saying, but I'm saying, I'm, all I'm saying is you can definitely lose flags in April. You can we finish. Can. You can finish three and zero and three, and uh, that's the season over.
1: Well, I don't know who we're playing this week, but we're going to win.
0: <laughs> You've got Melbourne, so one yeah. of those teams is going to be winless after three. So that's pretty uh, disappointing from what we've uh, been. It's all really preseason. Really, the
1: battle of who's shitter, at the moment, <laughs> isn't it? <Bloody laughs> hell. Next game.
0: All right, uh, Geelong versus Melbourne. So um,
1: yeah, this is one of yours, case. Yeah, Charlie Constable. He's just becoming a serious fantasy jet. Uh, Thirty-one touches and one hundred and six points, and for me, he's a must-have keeper leg prospect if you're playing. Um, you know, your long termers, he just looks amazing and is going to be a mainstay of that Geelong midfield for a long time. Uh, Boo Parfitt continuing in his great form with a 93. And Tommy Stewart is just absolutely loving Zach Tui yeah. not being there with 115. So I looked at the injury list. Zach Tui is still listed as one to three weeks away. Um, potentially might come into the VFL uh, next week. Yep. So, uh, you know, Tommy Stewart only still probably have a couple of weeks of really banking in some big points. Yeah, when he got picked up a couple of years ago, um, he was a mature age student, um, not
0: student not, not a school right now, uh, mature age player. And uh, yeah, like I never would have considered him to actually be a decent fantasy scorer, but I'm eating my words now because yeah. um, I love watching this guy play. I love the way he goes about it and he just racks up the points though. So.
1: He's very good. Yeah. Um, and the scores were decent at Melbourne for considering they got absolutely smashed. Um, but if we're looking at some of the the lower numbers there, because uh, it was just a big gun scoring there, KK had 36 points from 67% time on ground. He was another one that kind of got rushed back in quicker than I thought. Yeah, you know, considering he got injured uh, quite late in the preseason, so good to see him in the team. But you know, I'm just happy to give him another month or so, um, like Acres. Uh- your boy <laughs> Your boy Hibbert Just stinks it up again
0: He's played two games For my team And he's my boy Well he's not On my team is he
1: <laughs> 53 and a 62 What do you do If you're a Michael Hibbert owner
0: I don't know I, I think a couple of weeks ago Some guy had a real beef With me on Twitter About saying I'm not even sure If he's best 22 And they said It was a ludicrous call But
1: you know The way he's playing I don't think That's probably too far away Well if they didn't but, have So many injuries maybe yeah. he, he might not be yeah. um, CP5 Christian Petraka, Really disappointing again Um And and one of the best waivers going around potentially is Milky Chance, Jake yeah. Melksham. He's back to back eighty ones, so yep. um you know he's just one of those those guys who are probably just maybe benefiting a bit from the new rules or yeah. actually found himself nicely in Melbourne's side. But you know, you can't sneeze at those mid eighties. And he's a favourite in our league. We all love the milkshakes, so we do love milkshakes. Uh, West Coast versus GWS. All right.
0: So, uh, I guess uh, Tomlinson, again, was uh, quite good uh, fantasy-wise, 92, uh, backing up in 88. So, he's available in 27% of leagues. So, I guess we'll, uh, yeah, have to uh, see how he goes with that, especially with Kelly coming back in. Yeah, but
1: he's obviously well and truly established himself in their, their team. So, yeah. um, you know... When when there's someone you know, you can't just neglect good scores like that. You know, especially if you're playing rolling teams and waivers. You know, got to get these guys in. Yeah, I've got a question for you. Yep, is Heath
0: Shaw gone? No, not really. Because he just did this. He's done this the last three years. He just every now and then comes out with a you know an 81 week or 62 the next week. He averages around 80 pretty much every season. And I think the kick out, like if, if we didn't have the kick out numbers this year, I would probably say yes, like he's gone. But he's still going to take a few of those. You know, I reckon that's probably just, I didn't actually see this game, but it could be a result of him just not taking as many this week. So
1: Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Zach Williams is slowly starting to find the ball Yeah, 89, whereas he sure is coming off 62s and 77s. Yeah. I just would have thought that would be naturally higher because, you know, even if Williams is taking a lot of them, he's yeah. Sure, yeah. Should be taking a lot too because he's been doing it for so many years. So yeah. the question is, you know, is is uh, age getting the better of Heater? I'm not sure, but yeah. probably give him another few weeks. Yeah, uh, definitely because of his uh, longevity in the game. Yep. Interestingly, Tommy Hickey delivers, and Nathan Vardy absolutely stinks on the weekend. And which one do you own, Case? I own Vardy, but okay. he's not playing. For me. I've got <laughs> this good guy called Timmy who's you know he's <laughs> dropping sixty nines for fun. Um, Ooh. Tom Hickey, hundred two it's a serious game for a, for a guy sharing the ruck duties yep. especially because they got absolutely pasted uh, the week before as you mentioned on the pod you know basically only scoring you know three points over how many hit outs they had so yeah. good to see that they've kind of got their, their stuff back together but GWS were probably a, you know only rucking Dawson Simpson so can't take yep. too much into that plus there's Nick Nat coming back at round 9 they reckon so it will be a freak if he gets back from that yeah. from that, that quickly uh, JJK started off slowly with his 61 um, give him time he was probably another one rushed back into the fold uh, after their their um, first couple weeks. So, you know, he's one that will slowly develop and, you know, get up to the 80 average, I reckon. And Brad Shepard's one that's, um, you know, just interesting. He's had a 91 after an 85 and, you know, just looks to be that classic D4, D5 that would have gone Pretty late in some drafts, especially seeing as he was injured to the back end of last year. Yeah, and, um, yeah just one of those ones to keep an eye on because these guys, are, there's always one of the, one or two defenders who just get written off, sometimes don't even get picked up, who yeah. can be quite handy and he looks to be, you know, going all right this year.
0: A lot of these guys are going to be your streamers as well. So guys that you come in for a week just to kind of fill a hole and you try to project who they're going to score well against. So Brad Shepard's a really good option there.
1: Yeah,
0: radio heffy You've got the Brisbane North Melbourne game. Yeah, so LDU, I guess, pressed his case to be mentioned on this podcast again. So I think we've only talked about him once, and uh, the guy who owns him in our league doesn't like the fact that we don't really talk about him too much. He reckons he deserves a uh, you know a bit more credit. So um, he probably yeah. deserves
1: it after the weekend. Yes. Yeah,
0: exactly. So yeah, we, we did talk about him the first week of JLT, Dan. If you're listening, so I don't know if you're listening then, but uh, yeah, had a good game on the uh, good game on the weekend, and I'm starting to warm with him. His ninety on the weekend was pretty pretty impressive. So especially in a losing side where you know they weren't like you know yeah, it's true yeah uh, he still needs a few you know good weeks for me to get really excited about him but yeah he's, he's tracking well promising uh lou mcdonald had 78 from 20 possessions in like another nearly performance which is how i describe it's his career just nearly
1: yeah. not quite apart uh, from that first you know couple months of yeah. his career he was like everyone needed him and and yeah. he's just become nothing Exactly. Uh, for Brisbane, though, Daniel Rich turned up again.
0: So, I don't know. Could we finally be seeing the full potential of Daniel Rich? Loving the kick and rolls. Yeah. He's, just, uh, he's
1: just racking him up off half-back. And but probably some... even to Alex Witherden's detriment at the moment. Yeah, uh, Rich is well and truly outscoring him. Also floating up the ground I guess And just taking marks
0: Across the wing So on that next wave And he's generally The guy who's standing there Just catching the pill After it's been kicked out Of the opposition's uh, Forward line So I really like that role He's playing well, They'll probably start Manning up on him soon But we'll have to wait and see yeah. uh, Jared Berry took a lot of marks And kicked the goal To uh, get to 104 That was a good fantasy performance yeah. uh, Oscar McInerney The big O The sizable O The uh, the large O <laughs> Above <laughs> his, average Yeah o. For his uh, standards He had a really good day So uh, I'm not expecting 83 From him every week But he uh, popped up and kicked a couple of goals and kind of took some clutch marks and kicked some clutch goals at times. I think it two mm. in a row at one stage to get him in front. So yep. that was pretty impressive. And uh, yeah, Reese Matheson, the beast mode, he's done it again. Uh, another eighty-two to bring his season average to eighty one.
1: Is this uh, just gonna be a recurring nightmare for me each week?
0: Well he's on your never again list. If yep. you were to go, you know, have you've got the you can go back in time in draft night. Mm-hmm. He's on your never list, never again list back then. Would you pick him up now, knowing what he can do this year? It was basically
1: <laughs> my three never agains. I took, I had the chance of choice of Ben Keys, yeah. Reith Matheson, and Darcy Tucker, yeah, and I chose Ben Keys. So okay. yeah, that's how well I'm going. When yeah. Tucker's turned up and me, Reece, Reece Matheson is scoring eighty, so um, oh dear. Yes, I would have, I'd probably take Darcy Tucker if I'd have one of those three again, but beast
0: mode. Oh, I'm back on the beast mode. And I'm looking like I'm being down at the bottom of the ladder next year and uh, this year, sorry. You can and have uh, him. Look, yeah, if you just want a be a nice to nice 80 average
1: forward, go yeah. for it. But you know, well, I want some breakouts and not just <laughs> this boring 80 shit. <laughs> All right, we'll have to wait and see with Madsen. To be, to be
0: fair, I don't know if he's going to keep this up, but it's uh, pretty good to see just after years of, you know, hanging shit on the guy. True
1: Hef Hawthorne Bulldogs Yeah
0: The Warpedo He was awesome again uh, Scored 97 He's just super consistent He won't be a forward Next year Looking uh like the way he's he plays He's a genuine mid yeah. at
1: Hawthorne at the moment
0: So yeah Take advantage of that Forward status As he plays But he just looks like he can. Play, he's going to play football For a long period of time to come mm-hmm. And he's got a family Friendly game to him as well uh, James Cousins Had another solid game He scored 98 uh, He's really stepping up In Mitchell's absence Still not sure how Either of these guys Are going to go um, Back with Say when Scully Finally like fully gets up And running And then you know Next year when Mitchell Does come back How it's going to affect them mm-hmm. But uh, Shield out for now Does help both of their Scoring potential I think
1: Yeah Cousins is a Real centre bound Attendee, whereas Scully's never going to be that kind of guy as well as the outside guy. So yeah. I'd be more worried about it, yeah, when you, Mitchell and Shields are kind of operating in there. But, you know, um, uh, Burgoyne's out again. So, you know, Cousins isn't losing a spot, I don't think, this year. You no. know, like, you're not dropping him. He's yeah, been playing yeah no, too definitely well. not. No, just, uh, yeah, wondering when they're, you know, there's just a lot of mouths yeah, to feed yeah. in that
0: Hawthorne midfield, that's all. Of course. And from the Bulldogs? Uh, yeah, Tory Dixon tunned up. Uh, so, if Western Bulldogs are going to be more competitive this year, he could get on the end of a few. So, mm. he's kicked three. So, he had to kick a few goals to get to his 100. But yeah. if they play this style of footy, there's no stopping this guy from getting a, say, 75, 80 average, I think.
1: He's always been a bit of a tease, though. Yeah. Like, he can easily crack a ton. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. He, the next week, he'll get 30. Like, he's a very, very... Um, unreliable forward no, but when I there's agree. a lot more reliable forwards in the game so I'd, I'd steer clear but you know it depends on what their game style is you correct
0: yeah. Uh, Caleb Daniel scored 98. I'm loving his roll across halfback. Uh, he could mm. be a good trade target for next year because he's not going to get his back status this year. Yep. But say if you, you're thinking next year, well, you, you know, you know, you're light on defenders and you think he could need someone, you might be able to pay up a little bit, but to get him as a defender next season. Again, it's a bit early to probably be banking on getting him a, a back status next year because next week he could be playing forward again and who knows. But definitely wonder because this could be a good little trade strategy if you're, you know, not really contending this year and you need some defenders. Could be uh, a good way to go. I love that you're thinking. Long term, then oh, that's my team is cooked. Nice. I've got this uh, Premiership Cup sitting behind me. I won it. I'm rebuilding. I'm good to go. So yeah. we're playing
1: each other this week. I oh dear, I'm going to get flogged. As, over him. Equally as trash as he <laughs> had been the
0: first two weeks. All right, uh, Josh Shack, he scored 87, oh, but boy. he um, needed four goals to get there. And he won't be doing that every week. But there's some really positive signs from him. You know, he
1: looked good. Yeah, yeah. I watched the replay, uh, the highlights of that game, and he just yeah, there's something about him. I said that in the pre-season I, I rate this kid. So yeah, happy to see him doing well. Yeah, I actually completely shunned him. Josh Shackey calls I'm probably eating
0: my words A little bit now He's probably a bit better Than useless But uh, yeah We'll have to wait and see You'll finally listen to me One day mate (laughs) Uh, And Hayden Crows Yeah uh, Was solid with 22 possessions For an 82 And I think he'll go Around that mark The low 80s The high 70s But he's pretty consistent For that Yeah he's a solid
1: contributor Uh, Gold Coast Fremantle Jack Bowe's alert Jeez the kid was so damn close To scoring a ton (laughs) I was just waiting for a tick over I was watching that last half I was just He was He had 61 in the first half He was dominating A bit quiet a second half But he had the 98 And he just looks like He's getting more confident And confident each week Um in the pro keeper leg, I was devastated by taking Jack Martin. I accidentally clipped him way too early, but <laughs> he actually is looking amazing. Like yeah. I watched him you know, in great detail on Sunday and he yep. was just everywhere.
0: That goal he kicked was amazing. Yeah. And
1: he's just <laughs> gut running. Like yeah. he, he is, a ser- he's actually kind of got to that level that everyone thought he was going to get to. And it might not be always their fantasy relevant, uh, fantasy wise, sorry. But if you actually just want to watch a kid play some seriously good footy, Jack Martin's playing at the moment. Um, yeah. He took, his next step. So he'd scored 112 there. Darcy McPherson uh, continued his good form with 79. Uh, Sammy Collins was, was, looked really good there too. He took a lot of good intercept marks and had 76. Um, Will Powell, who I said probably falls off, but uh, yeah. he didn't. He had another 74, so he was good. And Nick Holman scored 48, no surprise. Um, <laughs> Awful. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, bad scoring from Frio in that game, except Brad Hill, who we mentioned is absolutely flying. He had 129, and, and Nut Fife's obviously a gun. He had 119. But apart from that, I'm a bit worried about Andrew Brayshaw and Adam Chera. So, yeah. Brayshaw at 73, which is okay, but Chera is 44, and uh, yeah, they kind of had two average games in a row, uh, Chera especially. So yeah. yeah, it's just a bit concerning his role and what he's doing there at the moment. I wouldn't say
0: I'm worried about either of them. They're pretty early in their
1: career. Not, not you know? long term, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I was, you know, we were kind of of talking them up to bear, you know, 80, yeah. 80, 90 at this stage of the year, At the year, and they're not there yet. Chara kind of gets made to play at Ford a bit more, so I'm not surprised with that. And Brayshaw,
0: maybe a little bit higher. I was probably expecting him to do like, kind of like what Walsh is doing now, get those like 80, mid-80s kind of scores, but 73 for a second-year midfielder, I don't think you can be too harsh
1: on him. No, nah, just probably not on the trajectory just yet. No. Nah. Um, but Jesse Hogan was pretty good. He had 72 in his debut for the Dockers, 21 touches, so showed he was getting around the ground, which is uh, a nice start for him, so... Yeah. Um, um, that's, you know, pretty positive for Hogan owners who might have been expecting the worst a couple of weeks ago. So that's the wrap on round two. And let's move into some news from the twos. Music
0: Alright, so into the twos news. So, uh, this week the Sandful started, so it's the only state league to actually start. They're a week before everyone else, I think. So, that means we've only got two teams to have a look at, and that's uh, Adelaide and Port Adelaide.
1: But, uh, Kays, tell us who scored well from the Crows. From the Crows, Patrick Wilson, uh, 117. Miles Paholke, 113. Rory, uh, Riley O'Brien, sorry, 107. So, uh, that bodes pretty well for him coming in to replace Source this week. Uh, Ned McHenry, 80. Uh, in his first game of SNFL which is good effort and Tyson Stengel pretty handy with 87 there so uh, after the Crows win I can't see uh, too many of those guys pushing for selection apart from Riley O'Brien no uh, just because of the injury there. And, you know, they looked pretty good last week, the Crows. So yep. uh, it would take someone massive to, to knock um, someone out that team, I'd think.
0: Yeah, just uh, interesting, I think, as well. They don't really... I guess you can kind of pick up a player for each of those guys who's got someone ahead of them in the side as well. So even though they're yep. scoring well in the twos, I can't really see them breaking through.
1: No. Especially when they had Greenwood and those kind of guys... Yep. Um, yeah, come over for emergencies. So, yep. yeah, and that's it for them. And Port Adelaide, geez louise. Jack <laughs> Trengove, 178.
0: Yeah, like it's a massive score, but Port Adelaide always have one guy just going huge in the twos, whether it be uh, Archie a couple of years ago or Kane Mitchell who's always going huge. Mm. They always seem to have one guy just going massive. So, was a big score,
1: but I don't see it's anything that's going to kind of break him into the side. I kind of feel sorry for him because I watched a couple um, Port SNFL games last year before yeah. he kind of got called up to the, the main team again. Yeah. And he was just like this level above oh, in the yeah. SNFL. And then yeah. he kind of gets into the, the AFL and he's just yeah. know, mediocre. But uh, So, I don't think he's one that's going to come in this week. Uh, Sam Gray, 138. Is he a chance? Uh, no, I, don't, I think the young guys have pushed him out the side well and truly. Your Butters and your Rosie especially. I don't think he's any chance
0: of uh, coming in this week.
1: Yeah, and if... Uh, one of the either wines or heartlet doesn't come up. I think Sam Mays might be the one. Yeah, he's He had a 98 on the weekend. And, yeah. You know, he was playing the the JLT for him, and he didn't look too bad for them. So, I, if I was going to have a, a little tip, I'd be some money on Sam Mays to make the side. Yeah, it depends if
0: Hartlett comes uh, in or not. And I think, I don't know, it, it's hard to say because Ken gen- generally tends to like to play his new recruits. So we saw Mackenzie get a game round two, I think it was last year, or round four, really mm-hmm. early on. He actually just likes to give him a go to see how they go. So I would not be surprised if uh, Sam Mays does come in. But then I guess Matthew Broadbent is someone else who uh, scored well, he scored 85. He's someone I think, just for, I guess, a bit of I guess sentimental reasons, Port would like to probably get him into the side just to kind of get him back but again i'm or, hoping i'm yeah. hoping we're not picking players on the you know sentimental value yeah, but, or uh, just better the devil you know instead of trying yeah, something exactly can, you know but yeah. they,
1: they've done well you know giving those um you know young guys a game and it's worked yeah. for them so hopefully they keep you know grinding some debuts to the new recruits and
0: uh will i fram uh billy frampton uh he got a 95 such a nothing important <laughs> thing to say <laughs> Well, that was pretty funny. Captain's co Hef. <laughs> what do you got for <laughs> me? All right. So, I've picked 20 guys this week. I've gone a bit deeper just because is isn't, you know, if I do a 10 or do 15, you know, a couple of players of guys on your team have no doubt got two or three of these blokes. So, I'm just trying to go a bit deeper to get some of those guys down the bottom mm-hmm. to help uh, people who are struggling with their captain selections this week. So, yeah, first cab off the rank this week is uh, Jack McRae. So, we think he's going to go pretty big this weekend. Um, I guess the biggest stat for him is at Marvel Stadium, he averages 101. And he's already already going 116 this uh, season So he's going to be pretty big this week Uh, Trelaw, he averages 105 at the MCG And he averages 90 against uh, West Coast So, yeah, he's averaging 138 Huge start of the season I reckon back that form in Uh, The Bont has had a great start as well So we're kind of going on current form for this one At Marvel Stadium, he averages uh, 91 And against uh, Gold Coast, he's got uh, 97 against his name here So not... uh, Not bad numbers at all But his recent form is looking pretty good So I'd be happy to back the Bont in uh, Patrick Dangerfield This is a really good Number here He averages 127 yeah. Against the Crows
1: And 109 At uh, Adelaide Oval yep. So He's got to be A captain lock Yep
0: oh, I think so too uh, Rocky Against his old side he, He's back Yep And he loves the Gabba I guess he's had So many big scores there He's uh, He averages 107 there So he's one to consider uh, Jake Lloyd um, He is on fire At the moment uh, Doesn't have the best Record against Carlton But uh, he's averaging 126 at the moment So Again, somebody should continue that form on a fast deck uh, that's built for fantasy football. Boke. Jeez This guy is going huge We've actually got, I've never thought I'd have him as a captain option You know this stage in his career I never thought he'd be Leading the <laughs> <Apple> Fantasy points <laughs> It's amazing But uh, yeah 93 average against Brisbane 89 at uh, At the Gabba But it's his recent form That we can't Kind of look past And we think he's going to be Maybe not as high As he was the last couple of weeks But we still think He's going to go Well over 100 And uh, yeah Be a decent option To put the C on uh, Lockie Hunter Just Jet. going on form We think he's going to be a, a good option mm-hmm. uh, Rory Slone as well he averages 107 at Adelaide Oval and 98 against Geelong him and Danger seem to always have good battles against each other so we think he'll be in for a big one Lockie Neal how good was he on the weekend yeah massive just stacks of the pill and looking like a real leader in that Brisbane Lions there would, uh, lines, there would uh, have been it, a
1: lot of uh, people who took him early who would have had very tight sphincters after round <laughs> one and then round two they would have been very relaxed really
0: busted out so yeah he's going to be good uh, the Crouch brothers are also uh, really good captain options uh, particularly Brad Crouch. He uh, scores really well against Geelong. He's averaging 120 against those guys, so he should be a decent option if you're really battling. Just hope he doesn't get injured. Uh, Beams averages 113 against West Coast, so he's a decent one to look at. We're going to back uh, Cornelio in again. Yeah, he can't be that um, bad two yeah, weeks in a row. Surely he's going to bounce back, so we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Lockie Whitfield's another good option. Um, again, just going by last week's game, I think he's going to continue against uh, Richmond on his home deck. Uh, Brody Grundy, um, again Against West Coast. Now, their, their rucks aren't the probably the strongest going around at the moment. Yeah. And uh, he just averages in the 90s against West Coast and averages 95 at the uh, G. So, he's a good one. Brad Hill, we're going to back in. Now, I'm a bit more sceptical this week on him just because he doesn't score that well against St. Kilda. But uh, yeah, looking at him last week and he's on his home deck this week. So, yeah. They just keep giving it to him. Yeah. That's his, he's a go-to mover of the ball, really. Yeah. Um, Cripps, uh Patty Cripps is another one that we think is going to go okay. 97 against uh, Sydney and 95 against, uh, sorry, 95 at Marvel Stadium. Heppel, we think he's uh, going to go okay. Just going on recent form against Melbourne and at uh, the MCG, but please he needs to lift. okay, please. <laughs> he needs to lift. And uh, Fife is the last rounding off our top 20 um, a, per, a player who averages 104 against St Kilda, so he will be a decent captain option. Now, we base uh, all these uh, captain options off our official projections. That you can grab off our website as a Patreon subscriber. So now we're going to go with a few uh, tweets. Uh, we call this, uh, I guess, the captain's call. So uh, people have tweeted us in whether you know a couple of captain options who we think we should take, and we're mm-hmm. going to have a look at them, analyze them, and see who the best option for their team would be. So, Case, do you want to read out the first one?
1: Yeah, uh, at Mitchell Swan. Danger versus the crows in SA or Trelaw versus the Eagles at the MCG. I normally liked to lock Danger in, but after Trelaw's early form, gee, it's tough. Yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with either of
0: these guys. It's mm. a pretty good situation to be in. Uh, we've actually got Trelaw pre- projected to score 134 and Danger to score 132. So, you know, you're costing yourself four points there when you add adding the captain uh, double, up, double up. So, uh, I don't think it's going to matter too much, but Danger,
1: that 127 uh, average against the Crows, I really like the prospect of that. Yeah, I'm going Danger just on my gut. Yeah. I think he just thrives on, you know, the Crow supporters' hatred of him. And even though I'll probably be a few kilometres down the road having dinner with and friends, I oh, know I'll be able to hear the booze from those Chardonnay sipping <laughs> grannies when Patrick Dangerfield gets the ball. And I reckon they'll be booing probably around 35 times. So they probably um, forgot no I reckon. So uh, who's that? Oh, <laughs> go number 14. <laughs> They're useless, anyway. So, yes, a bit of. You're not going to lose either way, Mitch. Um, so, at 17.7, McRae, Jaeger, or an outsider in crisp or beams for captain? Well, that's an easy one, Case. What do you think? Yeah, McRae versus the Suns at the Dome. You just can't not, Captain Jack. Great, 100%. At Luke Matter, 15, Captain Oliver Bontempelli. Or Bradley Hill.
0: Yeah, I like the idea of the Bont. Uh, Average is 97 against Gold Coast and 91 at the uh, Marvel Stadium. It still sounds weird saying that. Uh, Oliver should go right after last week as well, but he only averages 78 against Essendon, so uh, that uh, kind of scares me a bit. And we've talked about Brad Hill, how we don't mind him. as that left field option, although
1: he might not be left field after this week. He might be a genuine uh, contender. This is a real risky one. Like, yeah, know, Oliver's, you know, had the bad first week, the good second week. The Bont's yeah. been pretty good and Brad Hill's been sizzling. But, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Oliver goes 150, Bont goes 90 and he'll goes 70 you yeah know, like you, you, it's a bit of a it's a really tough one also wouldn't be surprised if that was the complete reverse order as well <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i would go clayton oliver just because i think he's just that much better uh scoring wise but you know he he's been mixing his form and the other guy's been going quite well so i'm no good to you but i'd go oliver all right
0: cool so that wraps up our uh captain's call and we're going to move on to the trade review Okay, so each week we ask our listeners To tweet in uh, any potential trades That are going on uh, in their league And we, uh, yeah, basically sit back Rate them, tell you who wins, who Loses, or uh, what the uh, ramifications Of some of these trades might be So uh, the first one we got uh, sent in This week was from Stando101 uh, He's offered a haul and shill for Lockie Hunter And the cracker said no
1: after Sitting on it for three days. What do you think about that one Case? I love the use of the word cracker Yeah, haven't known that for a while uh, um, Lockie Hunter's looking very, very good i think he's going to be a, a top 15 uh, midfielder this season he is just taking it to a new level and i'm kind of not surprised that your trade got rejected but it yeah. is actually a pretty fair two-for-one deal i, I think so actually too. i've got nothing wrong with that deal whatsoever yeah. because dylan shill is pretty damn consistent and aaron hall can probably win your games yeah but um look the only thing i would have to say it's a bit of a dog move to sit on it for three days and then reject it instead of. Uh, Either, you know, chatting you through it or you know, going through the <laughs> intrinsics of it. He's uh, probably just busy, mate. He doesn't have time to sit on his uh, ultimate footy team
0: clicking around He's every obviously day like not you. a true ultimate footy player.
1: <laughs> um, look, I'm not surprised. Uh, I think it's a pretty even trade. But, uh, yeah, I like Lucky Hunter a lot. So, I'm not surprised he's not parting with him.
0: Yeah, I like Hunter's ceiling. So, and, uh, you know, it doesn't take much for Hall to get injured, really. And sure I don't know how he's going to go at Essendon this season. So, I'd be sticking with Hunter as well
1: righty The next one is from at AJS Hawker, uh, Dom Tyson and Patrick Dangerfield for Jack Noon's, Nat Fife and Luke Ryan. Well, I guess
0: the um, what makes Dangerfield valuable is the forward status, but we yep. don't think he's going to keep that mm. uh, next season. I guess we'll have to wait and see and watch him a bit more closely over the next few weeks. So then you're thinking it's going to it's just basically two midfielders, so a mid-range midfielder and then a primo midfielder for a primo midfielder and a mid-range back. And so when I look at it that way, I probably think Fife, uh, or the Nunes, Fife and Ryan. Sorry, I didn't even miss, see Nunes in there. Mm. So um, with Nunes have thrown in, I'll definitely be taking
1: Nunes, yeah. Fife and Ryan for sure. Yeah, I'm definitely taking the latter. Look, Jack Nunes has started well. I'm, I'm not sure Sure, it's gonna be always that you know, he's not gonna be a high nineties player or a mid nineties player, I don't think, but he's gonna be a pretty solid, you know, high eighties, I think, or mid eighties. Yeah. Fife's a genuine gun and Luke Ryan has started slowly, but you know, he's young and he's gonna be a great defender for for many years. So, um Dom Tyson's been okay. He's he's that mid midfielder, if that's what you the term is, and, and Danger's an out and out gun. Yep. But I think if you're as you said, you matched him up, Danger and Fife are you know basically break even. And I think that Nunes and Ryan beat Dom Tyson So whoever's uh, Got the ladder Probably wins that one there All right, what's the next tweet guys Next one's from At Mitchell Bagley 3 I sent Zach Jones Will Powell Round 5 And round 7 pick For Zach Williams Round 7 And round 8 pick all right, so I'm a big
0: Williams fan, so I'd be happy with uh, take the guy who gets Williams in the round seven and the the round eight. Mm. Um, he repaid the faith on the weekend after I picked him pretty early in the pro keeper draft. Very early. <laughs> Copped a bit of shit for that one, but uh, I'm sitting at the pointy end after round two, uh, beating the prestigious uh, DT Keeper League, the DT Keeper League expert uh, there. So uh, I must be doing all right if I'm knocking that guy off. I had a stinking thanks to Steve Cornelio. <laughs> 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 that um, that
1: burns a lot of coaches, I think. It did. Uh, look, yeah, Zach, Zach Jones, he's just so unreliable. And willpower started well, but, you know, you, you if you're looking at long-term, you know, those guys could be good, but you've got a lot more uh, faith in Zach Williams becoming an out-and-out gun. All right, so
0: uh, that wraps up the... Trade review, and we'll move on to start or sit now. So, MP Punchy is asking us, battling to decide which two to field this week in my struggling midfield Zorko, Redden, Hall, Harms, with uh, McRae and Zerrett as his first two midfield spots. So, he needs two out of uh, yeah, Zorko, Redden, Hall, and Harms. Who do you think, Case?
1: Yes Now Hall was very very piggy on the weekend And I quite like the look of that So he's my first in out of those three Yep uh, James Harms has been a solid you know 90 scorer this season Yep uh, Jack Redden has been down this year And that's potentially due to the rise of uh, Dom Sheet I think And yep. And Zorko's been pretty quiet But he's uh, one that can go big So yeah. I would be leaning towards Hall and Zorko um, oh, Geez, I agree 100% that's Yeah weird. Just because you know if you want your It's kind of like do you want to be safe If you want to be safe take Harms with your ninety, If you want to be a little bit more risky than potentially Redden, but if you want to be, you know, all in, I I think it's got to be Zorko and Hall. Yep. Uh, The second part to that question, Hef, was would you back in Sean Darcy versus St Kilda or Tim English versus Gold Coast? I think English is going to get absolutely monstered by Jared Witts this weekend, so I'd go with
0: Darcy. At least he's got a chance of winning and hit it out. Yeah, he uh, got belted by him in that JLT JLT game and uh, I'm a bit worried for Tim English this weekend, (laughs) so... (laughs) Please, Tim. Uh, yeah, eat your wheat picks. Don't worry, mate. I'm, I'm playing weekend. you this weekend, and my ruck is uh, Paddy Ryder, so you don't
1: have anything to worry about. Sweet. <laughs> um, at AJS Hawker, Josh Shaki or Tim Membry on the field for his F5. Oh, that's a tough one
0: uh, Yeah, Her, Membry against Fremantle Shacky versus the Suns oh, I'm probably going to go with oh, Membry And back him in to get a 70 oh,
1: I thought you were going to say Shacky
0: Back him in to get a 70 Because Shacky will probably get 68 <laughs> I
1: <don't know. laughs> We need to have something on this This could be an oracle call uh, Nah, Shack attack for me At home, in the dome Against the Suns, you know, like it's he's going to kick another four. Oh, well, two different answers for you there, AJS Hawker, with little <laughs> conviction, so I don't think we've helped you there at all, but uh, good luck, mate. <laughs> uh, at 17.7 do I start... Chris Maine Over Jack Redden Or Rory The Rat Atkins Yeah
0: I wouldn't go Atkins uh, Redden averages 100 versus Collingwood So I'd back him in I think he's good for An 80 at the very worst Where Main's form Is like really hard To ignore And mm. he still could go big But I reckon you're probably Safer of the floor with Redden, so um, big call there, probably going on Main's form. But I like going for more of the proven guys rather than the guys that
1: are on the run of form. Yeah, yeah, definitely huge call. And Main versus West Coast should be a good game. So he's not yeah. going to get too many. Hopefully, I wouldn't think too many cheap balls. So,
0: but he could be lining up directly on Gaff for um, yeah. uh, Sheed in one of those matchups as well, which might actually hurt
1: him. Yeah, uh, I'd be going um, with Redden as well. Um. At AJS Hawkeye, this was kind of a, a bit of a sideways tweet, but <laughs> no, it's something long I, long. I can really agree yep. to. He said, Be a while before I start R Clark again. Hashtag Alia. And as I said earlier, I really hope Ryan Clark gets dropped because <laughs> it makes my decision easy for me. Because I feel obliged to play him if he if he does get picked. And then for me, it's basically do I have to play Harris Andrews or Aaron Norton instead? So, I've got a tough decision either way because both of those guys aren't really great defenders or scorers. But... um yeah, I'm a bit concerned about Ryan Clark, so um, I'm feeling you there. I like, the, uh, I like the little hashtag. Aaliyah. I've got this inkling
0: that you know if Ali can start taking a few more intercept marks and play that you know added ruck time in there, yeah. I've got this feeling that he eventually will be a good fantasy scorer. Yeah. So he's
1: got all the, the yeah. all the makings of it, and he's yeah. bloody I'm good hoping. to watch play footy. He's yeah. very very good. Uh, last question at Luke Matar fifteen. He needs to start two of Nathan Wilson, McGovern. I'm assuming. Jeremy, I'm hoping so. Jack Scrimshaw and Jeremy Finlayson.
0: Uh, yeah, if, assuming it's Jeremy, I'd go McGovern. He should get you a seventy, uh, which you can't really guarantee from the other guys. Uh, he goes at seventy-seven against Collingwood and seventy-one on the G. Um, so that's probably the person I'd back in 1st Then not. I don't know why I'm saying this, but I'd probably give Wilson one more chance. But if he doesn't knock out at
1: least a seven this week. Bench him for Scrimshaw and never look back. You're a sucker for punishment. <laughs> um, nah, I'm starting with Nathan Wilson at the moment. That's not a good time. But, uh, yeah, Chuck Scrimshaw had a 75, I think, from memory on the weekend. Yeah. So, he's starting to build into his role at Hawthorne, which yeah. is uh, exciting. So, yeah, you probably have to go the safety of McGovern. Or, you know, if you want to be a bit riskier, I'd play Scrimshaw over Wilson. I don't Let's mind the happens. Scrimshaw
0: call at all. I actually said he's a, he should be out of my team already. I am just unfortunately have no one to actually play ahead of him, so... Yeah, I would, if I had Scrimshaw, I'd probably fucking drop him for uh for him
1: How good is bloody keeper league football when you're talking about <laughs> Harris
0: Andrews or bloody Sc- Jack Scrimshaw playing in your team? Yeah, this is what it comes down to We must be mad or we must really love football, I'm not sure Anyway, but- speaking of uh, blokes that love football We have quite a few listener tweets this week to get through So we'll kick them off now Alright, moving on to our favourite segment of the week. It's the uh, listener tweets, the ones where we get in uh, touch with our fans that like to ask us questions, even though we've been doing that for the last uh, two segments. Love with answering the- <laughs> questions. <laughs> That's it. Uh, Alright, the first one for this week, at uh, D. R W A R forty one. How aggressively should I pursue Ebert in the hopes that he'll receive uh, forward eligibility? I'm thinking I'll have to deal Gaff, Sheed, Omira, or Sicily to get the uh, get the job done. Uh, FYI, i I, I'm stacked at midfield with the three mids mentioned, Cogs and Neil as my five starters. Dear Lord,
1: do not do that trade. Yeah, take the finger off the button. It Just is not move. worth it at all. Your forwards would have to be so shit to even think about doing that. It's it's actually crazy. Brad Eber is twenty nine, and this is a genuine anomaly of a start to a season for him. Yes, he's averaged a hundred a couple of times, but he's twenty nine and. You're banking on him maybe getting forward status after a couple good games. It's just so risky. And if you think about it, if you're playing the long game, you're playing a keeper league. You've got Stephen Canelio, Lockie Neal, Andrew Gaff, Dom Sheed and Jager O'Meara running around your midfield. You're going to win so many games with those guys for so many years to come over yeah. the next five or six years. So many points. Brad Ebert is just a dead end. Do not do it. One thing I will say as well
0: is the ball is coming to Port's forward line a lot at the moment and you know everyone thought beating Melbourne was such a big feet but they absolutely suck at the moment they got so run over by Geelong it wasn't funny and then we played Carlton who aren't the greatest defensively and they still did pretty well against us so Port always have a tendency to start really well and uh, every game I reckon at the start of year is free flowing because everyone's actually trying to win so what happens later on I guess is people start to preserve percentage especially those guys down the bottom they they don't want to get flogged coaches want to look better not look like they're getting done by 100 points every week so they start to clog it up but we don't usually see that in the first few rounds so I think this has kind of aided Ebert's start to the season in a way that the ball, every team's really playing free-flowing. They're not clogging up the forward lines or anything like that. Um, I guess the new rules do change something, but you know, once the ball's bounced, there's no reason why a player can't go clog up and sit in the back line, sit in space. So I think the kind of start of the season uh, trends that we tend to see tend to dry up after a while every year and they start to become more defensive and it gets harder for teams to score. So I think this will affect EBIT there. So try not to get, I know this is a very long spiel, but try not to get uh, caught up in this whole Ebert uh, start because it can change pretty quickly
1: and do not trade James Sisley for him either nah. that's also a horrible idea yep. just leave him alone is not worth it yep uh, at poop fantasy one sounds like a bloody good time yeah well, uh, I think his,
0: uh, fantasy team fantasy uh, must be going too well at the moment but anyway uh, thoughts on Alex Sexton as a keeper prospect
1: Um, Yeah, I
0: reckon he's looked okay the last few weeks, but he's one of those players that I reckon needs snags to be really relevant. Mm -hmm. And Gold Coast, at the moment, I don't see them coming that often. What do you think, Case? Yeah, he's been
1: very impressive at the start of the year, but... He's been one of those guys that's been a bit of a tease for quite a few years. He bobs up every now and then like this and everyone goes, oh, shit, I need Alex Sexton, where is he? And then he disappears. Like, he's 25, so he's no real spring chicken. And it probably depends on what you need to offer if you want to trade him in or if he's on a waiver, you know, how many waiver choices do you get. But end of the day, when you come to, you know, if it's a keeper league and you're keeping half your squad or 15 players, I find it right now at the end of the season – for me to be going, I reckon Alex Sexton would be a keeper at the end of the year. Yep, he might be a redraft in a keeper league, but he's not, for me, he's not a keeper.
0: Yeah, no, um, I think the same. He's going to be very hard. To,
1: well, he might make my keepers.
0: That's how bad my team is. But uh, yeah, I don't. I think the same. If you're if you're going okay, Alex Sexton might not be one that kind of makes the cut. But uh, yeah, definitely can pop up one of those streamer options that can score big every
1: now and then, and something to look at. And we've got a specific tweet for Hefola here from Bob Bob Sacamano Jr. After being a bit down on Connor Rose's Rosie's fantasy relevance in the off season. Do you think he can build on his 75 last week and become a gun in the next few years? In the next few years, definitely.
0: um You know, he's got like if we saw him play at North Adelaide last year, he kind of played a variety of roles. He played in the half back line, played on the wing, played up forward. A lot of players start their career up forward and don't end up being super solid fantasy scorers, but then they kind of move into other roles. We see blokes like Chad Wingard, I guess, is a perfect example. He was the guy he was kind of brought in to replace. Started as a uh, as a yeah, I guess a small forward mm. And then kind of moved Into the midfield And actually become A reasonable scorer So yeah in a few years I can definitely see uh, Rosie becoming uh, Quite decent He's actually got the makings Of a good footballer as well He's not just uh, You know a fly- What do you like a a fly- about him? I like his I like his speed uh, In particular But I think his ball use As well is quite good too So uh, yeah no, I think he can definitely Later on move up Up the ground a little bit more And pick a, play a bit
1: more Prominent role for Port Adelaide And then his fantasy scoring Will come from there Now before we wrap this up I just want to take a bit of time To have a Air a bit of a grievance From <laughs> our home league here now I think we need like a bit of a jury and uh yes I would like I put something out on Twitter during the week and I'd like a bit of feedback for anyone who listens to the pod basically we have a coach in our home league who has gone in the last two weeks deliberately playing a donut on the field because he doesn't have a fit ruckman he's refuted to trade refused to trade in uh anyone to replace him and that obviously opens you up to getting um you know screwed over in a trade yes I understand that and there's not a rule in our league about fielding a zero, which I, which probably sh- is a bit, you know, bad by us. But at the same time, I kind of liken it to the man-cad. Now, everyone got very upset when Ravi Ashwin, man-cad, Yod, Yoss Butler the other day. It's not a rule to not man-cad, but it's not in the spirit of the game. And everyone got upset because he's playing a game that people love and <laughs> adore, and he's taking the piss out of the spirit of the game. Now, if you're, if you're a coach and you are actively fielding a zero – that's just just it's bringing the game into disrepute and I think it needs to stop immediately. what I want to know from people out there is this one acceptable answer no two what should a punishment be because he's gone if he comes into third week and fields another zero yes he might his team might be shit and yes it very much is shit but it's also affecting percentage of people who want to make our finals you know we play for a bit of cash we play for pride this is a this is a serious league. Zeros, are they allowed? What should be done for punishments for zeros? Should it be financial sanctions? Should it be draft <laughs> sanctions next year? What should it be? Because it's really uh, tearing me up at the moment. Well, I don't want to continue on with this rant too much because I think it's really
0: cutting K's deep down. But I will say in our league, I was in a situation last year where Paddy Ryder went down and I only had uh, Billy Frampton as my backup ruck and they opted to play Charlie Dixon and Justin Westhoff in the ruck who didn't actually get at ruck status. So, I've been in a position in our league where I've had almost had to field donuts. And what did you is, do though? Well, this is generally what happens. I go to someone's like, hey, can I um, maybe, you know, get Rory Lobb off you? And the guy comes back, sure, give me Ollie Wines. And then I go, okay, well, I'll go to someone else. And then I'll go to another coach. Uh, hey, do you reckon I could take Dawson Simpson off your hands like yeah sure give me all your best rockies and then i'll, I'll give them to you so no one has actually wants to help him out and i reckon for him because there's no rules in place you're better off just fielding the donut and uh, not costing yourself big time in the future because you're just going to get ripped off immensely in a trade especially in our league where we're all bad blocks isn't that the <laughs> point of a keeper
1: league you need to draft properly now the, the, this is this is what it actually comes down to though so this guy went into his keepers and he kept Matthew Cruiser as his number one rock, which is fine. He's a great screw and he plays. Yeah. He only then picked up Matthew Lobe because he thought that Andrew Phillips wasn't gonna get gonna get a game. Now guess what? Yeah. I don't think he did enough research Cruise on that one. Cruz yeah. is injured. Loby's not playing, and Phillips is averaging eighty-four. So yeah. I think it's his own dumbass fault for not <laughs> drafting the only other person who you can handcuff with. You should have to pay a penalty, whether it's your team gets screwed <laughs> over, whether it's you lose a draft pick next year, or whether you get fined. Well, the penalty is finishing
0: that, the bottom of the ladder, and uh, yeah, I don't know.
1: But it's not about that. It's about how it affects the whole league. Yeah, I guess this all is right. what this is what Melbourne got fined for all those years ago. Let's uh, let's
0: move on, and we'll let the uh, we'll let our listeners if they've listened this far and actually care, we'll let them tweet through their thoughts. But we better wrap up the, uh, the show for this week. So, just before we finish, um, our Patreon uh, subscribers, they've dried up a little bit at the moment but uh, we've added a, a few things to the uh, to the list. So, I guess we're putting all the SANFL scores, the VFL scores, the Waffle scores and we'll have a crack at getting the NEFL scores up there. They're harder to find. But uh, yeah, we'll have a crack at getting those up there too. So, again, you can go on the individual websites for all these uh, these scores but they don't always give you the actual fantasy score and they don't give you average. So, we'll be giving what these guys are averaging at the state level, not just week-to-week scores. And then we'll let you compare them to each other to see who's coming through. Uh, we've also got our projections coming up and uh, each week. And then we'll also have a few things I'm putting out our waiver mini-episodes on Monday nights for those who uh, play waivers or play in uh, redraft leagues, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, before we go, we actually got an iTunes review for a change uh, this week. So, Woo-hoo. yeah, let's have a listen to what was uh, the nice words that were said by our listeners. It was five
1: stars for some reason. I've demanded four, but, you know, these guys we got five stars. Legend. We got five stars and one one star. <laughs> uh, it's from N Quasar. Thorough look at more than just fantasy relevant players. Great conversation and good banter. Highly recommend for any draft or keeper league player. Thank you so much for that review. Oh, uh, thanks, N Quasar. I'm, yeah, I'm blushing. Keep them coming in. It's good to see it. We've got 30 now, so we're and we're going alright. So, yeah. but yeah, keep coming. Uh, but there's plenty of good content up there for patrons, especially with that uh, that. Um, you know, second leg stuff it uh, can become important especially when you're trying to weasel someone in a trade or, or that kind of thing the more knowledge you have the more powerful you are alright finally time to wrap it up so follow
0: us on our socials at Keeper League Pod uh, at, on Twitter and Facebook check out our website uh, www.KeeperLeaguePod.com.au and uh, yeah I think that basically covers everything so hope you have a good week hope your team's faring better than mine is at the moment and maybe going as well as Kayser's is and uh, yeah we'll see you next week catch ya